Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? Doing just fine, just fine. I want to start off with, um, you know, big tech. I hear they've been around for a while, and, and they've been essentially nonpartisan. Oh, no, I mean, they've been partisan. Yeah. That's what they've been. <clears throat> Very partisan. On again, off again, punish people, reward people, and all this sort of thing. But the big, to, big tech is in the news now uh, because uh, some people don't think they're doing enough to, uh, you know, beat the Russians down. Yeah. And they should be more firm. And this has come up uh, with members of Congress have talked about it. And uh, it, the headline in Politico, it's interesting, Politico reporting this, uh, at least uh, we're getting some information. It says uh, the title is, A Hesitant Tech Industry Wheels Its Power Against Putin. Uh, they, they don't address the subject of what is the proper role of <laughs> big tech, yeah. you know. Uh, but in this case, uh, the uh, big tech is sort of apologetic. Uh, a Nick Clegg, who is a vice president of Meta, he, he says, well, this is not our role. This is not, our, but, but things are really, really bad and we have to participate. It's our duty. That was his attitude. We have to do, uh, we have to do something about this. So they're, they're joining in and they said that, uh, uh, you know, you have to do more. And a congressman, uh, since they're on a, uh, uh, war against uh, Putin, and uh, they want to point out this. They don't think the big tech is doing enough. But the thing that caught me about this was that uh, the big tech was sort of taking this position. We've never done this before, yeah. but this is so bad that we we need to do something. Like, uh, you know, did they ever do it to use it against a sitting president? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's a big fake. But all of a sudden, they're trying to get credibility from it. And uh, it's, it's part back again. We've talked about social media and are they private or are they public? But I think, if anything, uh, this, this points out that, that social media is the arm of the government. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I should not be hesitant. And, it, and at times, I keep wanting to be careful not to regulate or say you shouldn't be doing this. Uh, because you're a private company. Well, I'm about convinced totally, completely, in the true sense of the word, they're not a public company. This is not so much communism and socialism where the government owns these people, but it's closer to, uh, uh, you know, the corporate state, uh, corporatism, and uh, approaching fascism where uh, there, there's enough power to get these corporations to do what they want. And of course, we talked about that uh, it, it, numerous times uh, when uh, it came to with COVID. Why did the business people roll over? And, you know, isn't it interesting how in the last uh, few months, I guess, we've uh, drawn this analogy. We well, did it from the beginning, but more so on the analogy of uh, fighting COVID and and fighting fighting uh, Russia and uh, dealing with uh, Ukraine. You know, it's, it's that uh, the principles are very similar, you know, and the relationship of big corporations, whether it's uh, with a military industrial complex or big tech, uh, there, there is a collusion. And, uh, and there are also uh, the people who uh, willingly collude and yeah. follows the order. 
Some of them are very rich. Yeah. They, they're almost like an oligarch. Yeah, yeah, they are. Let's put up that first clip because here's the article we're talking about when it came out. And I think this is one of the most disturbing aspects. A hesitant tech industry wields its power against Putin. Uh, and you can go, here's that next clip. You referenced it, but here's the quote. We're a company, not a government, said Clegg, but we're also aware that we're in a company in a completely unprecedented situation, and this is a highly exceptional and tragic state of affairs. Well, he's lying because, as you point out, they've done this. They've been itching to do this. They started with Trump when they got rid of Trump off their platforms, and then January 6th was another uh, opportunity for them to wipe people off of their platforms. Uh, but then for two years of COVID, if you dare talk about natural immunity, you have your account taken away. If you dare talk about uh, anything except the approved government talking points on COVID, you were locked out of Twitter, you were locked out of Facebook, you were kicked off of the social media platforms. So they've been doing the bidding of government. And this is just that whole last two years on steroids. And what I think it is, Dr. Paul, it's creeping totalitarianism. Because what they are, what they are doing is conducting total war. You know, war was once confined to the battlefield, and then, of course, there was information war. Now, this is total war. The assumption that no matter what you say, no matter what you write, no matter how objective you might be, if you were a journalist in Russia, you cannot publish anything. You cannot be heard in the West. For your own safety, you're not allowed to read them. And this is really terrifying because it happens to Russia today, okay, it's the bad guy today, that's the Saddam Hussein of today, it's the Gaddafi of today, but tomorrow it will be something else and they will push it further. It doesn't matter how you feel about Russia, how you feel about Ukraine or anything else. What we're talking about is the war on the mind. Maybe Alex Jones was right with info wars because right. it is a war for your mind right now. You know, I want to emphasize one paragraph uh, toward the end of this article. <clears throat> Uh, because uh, Kath, uh, Congresswoman Kathy, uh, Kathy Morris Rogers, Republican from Washington, is the uh, ranking member on Haas Energy and Commerce Committee. So she, she, she's well known and she has, will be a chairman probably, has been, and she's going to be, uh, uh, you know, and, and she's well liked for that matter. But she deals with this, but she deals with the management of the power. It isn't the, the thing that I was talking about a minute ago. Should they be doing it or do you have to admit that these are not uh, free market economies? We're working with corporatism. We're working with, uh, with uh, uh, corporations that will be obedient to the state. So I, I just want to read a little bit here because she's trying to she's trying to direct, uh, you know, and control what they're doing, and that's what she deals with. And she says uh, specifically called for Twitter to shut down the Kremlin's office account and TikTok to block Russian-backed media from the platform. So that's her position. That's the Republican position, and uh, I'm sure she had 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 approval from that. But she had, now the point here, the article makes, she had previously criticized the company's action uh, to remove uh, Trump. So the yeah. Republicans all of a sudden say, oh, you don't, you don't do it. We just do it with, at the bad guys. And all of a sudden, this is why the leniency on toleration 
of freedom of speech or anything in liberty. You know, if there are a lot of times when you're studying the issue of liberty where it seems like on the one hand this, on the one hand the other. I think when it's a toss-up, you don't have full understanding, you always have to or should offer the position of freedom of choice. And uh, But th that's not what this is all about. This is, uh, you know, a promotion stunt to, uh, to go, uh, to, uh, to use their power of the government to do such, uh, you, you know, to emphasize their position. But this was not a Republican position. You, you know, the Democrats probably aren't going to yell and scream about what she said. And that's the thing, and the point you always make. They're incapable of making a point on principle. On principle, people shouldn't be canceled for their views. Full stop. That's what it should be. Even if it's a government mouthpiece like, uh, like National Public Radio or, or, or whatever that we have, it should not be canceled because of that. But exactly, there's no principle. Oh, she's all fine with doing this to evil Russia, but how dare they do it to Trump? I like Trump. But here's something that's interesting, Dr. Paul. Um, you know, I put up that quote from Clegg where he said, well, we're not the government. You know who Nick Clegg is? He was a former deputy prime minister of the UK. This is a senior government official who now is one of the top people at Facebook slash Meta. And this is a merging of the state and the corporate sector, literal merging. And the corporate sector is now doing the bidding of the states, of the UK, of the US, of the European countries. Yeah, and, and you know, the terms are, are tricky. So that's why you should try to use definition. And uh, I think uh, to just carelessly say that they're all a bunch of communists, they're all a bunch of socialists. And technically speaking, uh, that implies that there's a total ownership and control, and that is not exactly it. But there's, there's still a lot of control going on, and that's why I use the term frequently about corporatism, the corporate state. And that means they have a uh, relationship, and that's where money talks. And uh, and we were set up badly for this over the you know the last hundred years, as they wanted government to grow. Uh, since uh, they started with the Federal Reserve and the IRS and all big governments, the welfare warfare state, so that all went along. But uh, but when our government and our government officials talk about why we're over there, it sort of nauseates me because yeah. they say we're there. We have been, you know, we have been the champions of liberty, and we go about the world uh, to uh, protect our constitutional rights and to protect freedom and uh, the free market, which is, you know, it's just sort of nauseating because uh, uh, they've talked themselves into it, but their definitions can't even come close to what, what they should be talking about. So uh, liberty needs a boost in uh, people understanding what liberty really means. It's such an insane thing when you think about it, Dr. Paul, because this whole philosophy that they're pursuing now by blocking media that they don't like from countries that are demonized, it assumes that everything written in that country's media is a lie. And it assumes everything written in our media is the truth. Everything they say is misinformation, Everything we say is absolutely pristine information. We know that's not true. We know that sometimes foreign media lies and sometimes it tells the truth. We know that the U.S. media lies a lot. How about four years of the Russiagate lies? Uh, continuously lies. So it's, it's, a, it's a false premise. It's a false premise for, for, for political reasons. And I do have to, again, uh, say, uh, as YouTube blocked every Russian media from its platforms, there are good news. There's good news out there. There's places like Odyssey. Uh, which is a YouTube-type platform that says we're not going to ban RT. We're not going to ban anyone because we believe 
in a debate, in a robust debate. And so hopefully there'll be a next generation and a next wave of tech companies that'll see the mistakes made by that first wave of <coughs> Facebook and Twitter and this sort of thing and start embracing a more free speech. Because people aren't stupid if they see Remember back in Iraq, the, um, the spokesman, they called him Comical Ali because he came up, everything is going good, everything is going good, everything is going good, and bombs were flying. People can see through this, they can see through propaganda, they should be given a little bit more credit for being able to see truth and lies. You know, I saw a danger in this because it was so blatant and so bold, because it because they've been doing all this and that's bad and we want to point that out when there's a collusion and they're helping certain groups. Uh, but th this is this means they're very confident because it's so blatant. He says, you know, yeah, they say we're a private company, but there are times when private companies have to be the arm of the government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what That's they're it, saying. Exactly. So they they have moved one step forward to further distorting the whole principles of uh, what should guide us in government. So yeah, this say it's it's a step forward. But uh, maybe people will realize, but that's why I use that one quote from uh, the Republican Congresswoman, is, uh, is she's part of that. Yeah. And yet she's not, you know, I, I know her and I liked her. She's not a bad person. It's just this confusion yeah. and this politicizing everything, you know. Uh, well, if, it's, if the party says that. And yet here on one hand, I'm always arguing the case that bipartisanship controls everything <laughs> out there. But there also has to be the mystique of this uh, two-party system that really hold people in check, and and that's how this happens. And uh, and one thing is, is on the bad stuff they agree. On the bad stuff is what's likely to bring us down financially and militarily in our foreign policy, because uh, we certainly aren't the nation that we once were yeah. when we were in a little better position to set a standard for the world and emphasize the freedoms that we have enjoyed and. And even though it was always imperfect, there there was a lot of freedom that allowed people to um, you know make a good living and take care of themselves. That's why people still come because the image is out there. I just hope we can do something to preserve those rights so that when they come, they get a job and work hard and take care of themselves yeah. if they're coming into our country. Well, our next thing we want to look at a little bit is related, uh, and it's also something that we're familiar with. And this was a resolution that was on the floor. We can. Well, let's don't put it up yet. This is a resolution on the floor passed by the House. Only three Republicans voted no. And it was stating that, quote, the House stands steadfastly, staunchly, proudly, and fervently behind the Ukrainian people in their fight against the authoritarian Putin regime. Uh, they pledged to deliver additional defensive security assistance, warning rockets and missiles and things. So the one person who voted against it was Thomas Massey. And he has been hammered for his courage uh, in this. And in fact, let's, he made a little statement. Let's put it up. It's too long to read. But he says he supports the right of the people of Ukraine to self-determination. But he's com he is concerned it ha contains an open-ended call for additional and immediate defense security assistance. He said the term is so broad it could include American boots on the ground or even the enforcement of a no-fly zone. And it goes on and on. It talks about... Uh, uh, the, the bad ideas, but that first one I think is so important because I know it's very familiar to you how they use that ambiguous language as a trap to uh, to eventually spring. Yeah, amb ambiguity, the titles of uh, uh, you know bills and 
it's everything to this is what we're doing but we're really not doing it yeah and it was easy to sort out <laughs> the legislation oh it's going to be the opposite of that yeah. and generally that's the case and so many of the public announcements are like that you know it follows through it's not only when they pass try to pass legislation it's when they have a policy statement that that they're uh, uh, doing something wonderful and protecting liberty i mean this whole idea how many times have we heard this nonsense that, that uh, we we go about the world uh you, you know to protect our constitution and our <laughs> rights you know it doesn't make sense you know but there was one person that really went after the three that voted against and that was Kay Kinsinger. oh my gosh not and uh, i don't think uh, he he well he, I'm not surprised. Yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. put it that he, because he he is a a, a deep seated authentic authoritarian. I mean, yeah. he believes in it, and uh, why he does it, that's his business, because he might not even know himself. He might think it's fun. Yeah. Uh, he might get, some people think it's the way to riches, it's the way to political power and all these other things, but he, it's not a surprise that he really goes after these three guys. But, you know, it's pretty amazing that uh, the, they, they, the people who pass this nonsense all the time, they they don't like anybody to resist. I remember one time, you know, on occasion, I voted, you know, by myself. Yeah. And there was there was one vote, and it was not really relevant. And there was one vote that was there, and the the, the person that passed into the bill came to me and actually was practically on his knees, begging and pleading. It was so important to be a hundred percent no resistance. And I said, look. I said, just one vote. I said, why do you, why do you even care? You got all everybody else doing it. I mean, declare victory. But that, that always impressed me. That uh, that bother, bothered, please. And, you know, first off, did they think I was going to switch? <laughs> yeah. So it's it's amazing how they do that. So they they feel like they have to speak out, you know, and uh, try to try to defend themselves. But sometimes it falls on deaf ears. I remember Jeff would often get angry phone calls when that happened, and he would say, "This is a one no vote. Why don't you call the other 434 and ask why they voted yes?" <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but you know, as you've always said, and it's an important point is that the 1998 resolution, it was just a resolution endorsing democracy for Iraq. And you warned at the time, you can go back and look in the congressional record, this is gonna lead to war, this is how it starts, this is a slippery slope, oh, come on, come on, Ron Paul, that's, that's ridiculous. Well, guess what happened, you know? And, and we know they could put out a bill in praise of lovely puppy dog uh, resolution, and you look in the fine print and there's, let's blow up Ukraine or something, you know? Yeah. They always do it like that, yeah. so. They have their loopholes. They have their loopholes. Well, let's let's look at uh, the next thing. We're going to talk a little bit of money. Put on that next clip, if you can. This is, just came out on Hedge this morning. White House asked Congress for $10 billion in Ukraine aid and another $22.5 billion in COVID funds. And this is the, um, she is the uh, head of the Office of Management and Budget. Her name is uh, Shalinda Young. Here she is talking to Congress. She says they need more money. And she says after this, they're going to need even more money. What is this going to do, Dr. Paul? Is this going to solve the problem? <laughs> oh, of course. It's a, the problem of boredom. And, and, and now they can deal with a deep recession and depression. It, it's amazing, though, with all this debt, and they still pretend that the, that the deficits are important, you know, but uh, sort of. But, you know, the Republicans uh, actually spoke out against this. 
you know, very weak way because, yeah. you know, they're, they've voted for but Mitch McConnell, who's not exactly a conservative. Yeah. <laughs> he was uh, he was complaining. He says, you know, we just passed uh, and this 22 mil billion is for, uh, you, you know, COVID. Yeah. I thought that was all over. Yeah. So he says at one point, too, he says there's no accounting. Nobody even knows what they did with that. And here you are back for 22 billion more. <laughs> and, and, and nobody seems to. There's no alarm bells. Certainly, you're not going to get it in uh, in the Washington Post or anything else. You're not even going to get it from too many. It, but you have to say a little bit of this. This is this is a little bit of uh, uh, you know recognition that there's a handful of conservatives who think you're spending too much money up yeah. there. But uh, the spending continues, and uh, it. I've seen them more concerned when it was uh, one billion to two billion dollars than when it goes from uh, you know twenty five. A trillion dollars <laughs> up to thirty trillion dollars, and it—it's a non-event. Yeah, and, uh, and the world accepts those dollars. So, but eventually they won't. <laughs> well, as we keep saying, you know, President Biden has said, Americans are going to have to feel some pain because we got to support Ukraine. I just wonder how patient they're going to be. You know, I drove by the gas station. I always sort of check this in the morning to see what the prices are. I'm curious. Ten cents it's up from that yesterday to today over at the local gas wow. station. And that's pretty, that's pretty incredible. And uh, there's going to be a lot of pain for this. And they're going to try to hide behind uh, providing democracy for Ukraine when our economy, our economy crashes. You know, they really have the same mentality as they did on COVID. Remember, they thought with COVID, they could just turn the economy off. It's like an on and off switch. <clears throat> and then when it was done, they could turn it back on. They could close every business for COVID for two years and then turn it back on. Well, we realized that didn't work. We have <laughs> supply. Plan and so there, there's, they didn't learn their lesson. They think they can do the same thing. They're going to shut down global trade because they don't like Russia's actions in Ukraine. It doesn't matter what you think of those actions. It matters the repercussions of this, this concept that you can switch the economy on and off like a switch. You know, and, and there's been a lot of emphasis and agreement with Republicans and Democrats. You've got to go after the oligarchs, the rich people in, in uh, Russia. Yeah. But uh, to argue that they're, they're all free market people that earned a good living in the free market, that'd be a different story. Yeah. But, you know, they, uh, they have talked pretty, pretty consistently uh, to, together on this. And uh, because it's easy to attack the oligarchs, you know, these terrible people have big vessels and all. And I got to thinking, well, what, what would be similar to that? And I would say uh, there's a lot of very well, in the uh, social media, yeah, oh, they're yeah. the arm of the government. What about uh, there's a few people that's made a few bucks in the pharmaceutical industry, yeah. and there's a there's just more than a few that made a lot of money building weapons. Yeah, and they have to keep keep the war effort going and the pretense of war, and with the fear that there's going to be a, a other war. But you know, and and really for us to go and decide that all of a sudden it's the rich people and and and. Uh, uh, Russia, it's it's uh, it's it would be much better because my argument about how you change things is you set an example for people and, and uh, never use the force and violence to try to tell people what to do. And the example, and I think America was like that at one time. We had an example of the freest nation and the wealthiest nation, and and uh, and, and we were motivated by different principles. Yeah. But uh, it's uh, it's uh, you know one of those things that. Uh, we could change by having an example. But, you know, Biden the other day, I want to mention, uh, he, he mentioned when he was talking about inflation, mm -hmm. you know, I, it was meant to be because I was watching it here and there, but I was walking through the room when he was solving the problems 
of inflation. <laughs> and uh, he said, you can't pick on the working person. You can't regulate and lower wages. Well, I agree with that, no wage control. But he said, the answer to this is cut costs. <laughs> Just if, like the businessman is out there, and all of a sudden he's going to cut costs. And I thought, and here is the president of the United States, he probably even had a speechwriter helping yeah. him, you know, and that is so nonsensical, you know, just it, it never touching on the real issue. <clears throat> they, they wouldn't dare touch the issue that, well, you know, uh, indirectly spending does have something to do with it. Indirectly or more directly, the Federal Reserve has something yeah. to do with it. And big government and warmongering and welfareism has something to do, do with the spending and the debt and the printing of money. Maybe that's why the value of the dollar going to didn't hear that at all it's just cut costs cut, cut costs. costs it's a businessman you need to cut your costs yeah. well, i've got a couple of little quick closing things and the one you know i don't want to harp on this idea but the hysteria of the russia ukraine clash is so reminiscent of the hysteria over covid if you said the wrong things you were banned you were attacked you were an anti-vaxxer what have you it's the same mentality and the same hysteria. It's keeping people at a constant state of maximum fear, maximum anger, maximum paranoia. Well, here are a couple of, here's a, a goofy example and a pretty sad example. Put that next one up. This is the Washington Post. I'm sure Putin is quaking in his boots now. Uh, the International Cat Federation has banned Russian cats from competitions. Well, that's gonna do it. That'll win the war. <laughs> and here's the one that's even more cruel and sad. Let's do this next one. Russian and Belarusian athletes were barred from the Winter Paralympics in Beijing in the eve of the games following the threats of boycotts from other teams. So these poor guys are out there and gals, they've got problems, they're in wheelchairs, they're trying to do some sports in the wheelchairs. Stay home, you're to blame because Putin decided to invade uh, Ukraine. It's so, so sick and I have a final one, but I do, I can't not comment. Dr. Paul had the craziest interview yesterday on Indian television, everyone's talking about it. I'm not gonna go into a lot of detail, but it's just going to shock you. Um, I'm trending number one in Twitter in India. So I hope it's good. No, well, it's 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 weird. Um, <laughs> uh, it was a comedy of errors, and it's, it's I was pretty unhappy yesterday, but I'm, it's it's pretty hilarious today. So anyone interested, you click on it, and you're going to see some funny things. Uh, just look for <laughs> me on Twitter. But the last one is good news, and let's look at that last clip. This happened yesterday. Uh, great news, I think, for us, and a big thank you to you, all of you viewers. The Ron Paul Liberty Report has now surpassed. 300,000 subscribers, and I know people will say, well, it should be 30 million, that would be great, but one step at a time, and we'll take it where we get it, and that's why we appreciate you watching the show, especially in these difficult times. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe, please click like, please make sure you're signed up for notifications, please make sure you comment uh, and get the shows more action, that'll get us uh, put up there higher and hopefully get more recommendations. Go to ronpaulinstitute.org and sign up for updates there as well, they're free. Uh, and look what we have up. We have a great piece by Chuck Spinney up today, an uh, old friend of mine talking about how defense spending helped get us into the mess we're in right now. Uh, so I highly encourage that. Dr. Paul? Yes. You know, you mentioned about the sports and the ridiculousness of punishing people. <clears throat> <laughs> That's not the right approach. Why should the innocent people who have worked very, very hard, oh, we can't let you go. It reminds me of what happened under uh, Carter. Yeah. You know, that would have been for the 1980, uh, I guess, Olympics. And uh, the, the Russians, uh, the Soviet system at that time, invaded uh, Afghanistan. They were going to conquer Afghanistan. Yeah, there were a few uh, people around then that said, don't go to Afghanistan. It may end up to like a 20-year war if you're not careful. Well, anyway, that finally came. But... The whole thing
thing is, uh, what uh, Carter did then was he uh, he he prohibited our our athletes for participating in it. They punished them, but Congress took care of that because they wanted to make sure these athletes wouldn't go home empty-handed. So the Congress gets together and they vote to give everybody a gold medal. And I thought, well, you know, that is, is so bad. But that's, that goes, that continues to go on that they punish people. And it's ongoing now, you know, with, with all this stuff. But, you know, I learned a very practical lesson. Most people knew that, uh, th- that I played a little bit of baseball in, not outside of Congress when we, when we played against the Democrats. So it was one time things were different. It was it was more like natural humanity activity. That is playing sports. And the one thing I remembered playing uh, playing uh, the Republican against the Democrats. Uh, it wasn't bipartisan. It was a real game, and uh, people uh, and they enjoyed it. But what happened years later? It, no matter what, you always remembered the people who played baseball, and there was a special, a special relationship. Not a hundred percent, but there was something different about that. That's why I do preach the gospel of play more together, get along, and have sports together. And uh, you, you know, that's the kind of thing that might have happened. You know, if we had not had those horrendous embargoes against Cuba for fifty years, which didn't accomplish very much, that we should have been playing more baseball with Cubans. So, no, I think I think the uh, getting together outside the confines of a political system or a money system or what's going on now, that's just, just a horrible example of uh, the reaction of, of uh, you know, the battle between NATO and Russia. So unnecessary. It's preventable. It's just with a few simple things. For us, we only have to take one position. Get us out of NATO, and it would have helped us a whole lot. We might be able to send more money uh, to better jobs, and people might not have to have the homelessness growing in this country. Now, the solutions are not difficult, but the politics of it all and the emotionalism that's attached to it, that is the tough part. But I do want to thank everybody for tuning in uh, today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon to the Liberty Report. Thank you and see you soon at the next event.